0: You're listening to PorchDrinking.com's The PorchCast, brought to you by OnTap Credit Union. And now, The PorchCast. All righty, folks, welcome to PorchCast episode 106. We are very thrilled to be joined by Rich Fierro, uh, co-founder of Atrovita Beer Company. Um, Rich, we are going to welcome you onto the show here in just a moment, and uh, I think we might be joined by our producer, Brian DeVanderweird here in a little bit as well. But before we do, I want to give a big shout-out to a couple sponsors. A big thank you to our friends at ONTAP Credit Union. ONTAP Credit Union isn't your average financial partner. They make banking as easy as enjoying your favorite beverage while providing great financial advice in a friendly and welcoming environment. With ONTAP, Colorado comes first, which is why they offer low loan rates for cars, homes, credit cards, and more. And with ONTAP's mobile app, you can have instant access to your accounts, whether you're meeting friends at a local brewery out on the slopes or wherever your next adventure takes you, member-owned, Colorado proud, fed, federally insured through NCUA. That's OnTap Credit Union at ontapcu.org. Also, a big shout out to our friends at the Payroll Department. The payroll Department has been proud to serve Colorado's many many craft breweries for 30 years. With integrated payroll, timekeeping, HR solutions, benefits, and paperless onboarding. The friendly and helpful team at the Payroll Department can take care of your business while you focus on doing what you do best, making good beer. And with Payroll Department's new easy-to-use app and online platform, your days of waiting through paperwork are over. You and your employees can easily access all of your information right at your fingertips. Each brewery in our state is crafting something unique that brings together community and makes this place feel like home. Don't let payroll and HR take you away from your passion. The Payroll Department is here to help. For more information, email marketing at payroll.com. D E P T dot biz. Once again, that's marketing at payrolldept.biz or visit them online at payrolldept.biz. Alrighty, Rich. Uh happy Juneteenth and Pride Month to, to those who are tuning in live with us today. We're honored to be joined by Rich Vieira, who is co-founder of Atravita Beer Company, on the show to talk about the, their Colorado Springs brewery. Uh Atravita, uh which he and his wife, Jessica Fiero, um, who also uh, is the head brewer there, co-founded. So Rich, um, tell us a little bit about the brewery. I know, um, you know, we're gonna get into a little bit more of kind of the Club Q shooting, which, which occurred back in November. I know you yeah. and, and Jess and your daughter, Cassie, were there with uh, her late boyfriend, Raymond Green Vance. Yeah. Um, you, all, you all were tra- tragically thrust into the national spotlight. Um, and, and we definitely want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the fallout from that and, yeah. you know, the community coming together to support you guys. But I want to start at the beginning, um, you know, like many in the industry. I know Jess started as a home brewer, but she quickly gained national attention um, for being featured on Viceland's docuseries Beerland. How did yeah. that come about? Uh, let's, let's start there.
1: Yeah. So, like, I mean, it started with Jess actually volunteering at a, at a brewery, a local brewery here before she even home so okay. she kind of did it in reverse. So she started commercial and then came back and started homebrewing because she just she just asked and, and jumped in. She wanted to do it. I don't know. It was kind of weird. We were sitting there at a brewery, and she literally just goes, hey, can I brew here tomorrow or something? Can I help you guys out? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, no you way. can't have nails. Yeah, you can't have nails and be all pretty and all this stuff. And she's like, dude, I'll be here tomorrow. What time? She's like 6. So she showed up with her notes and everything. The guy goes, all right, you can use the notes for two days after that. You know, it's got to be up here in your head. So sure. she spent a year, I mean, interning for free, like just doing her thing. Oh. And yeah, I was still in the army. So it was like, we had just got back from Germany. Um, that's where she fell in love with beer. She was not a beer fan at all. Her dad drank the Cate. I drank, you know, shitty Budweiser's and, and Coronas. <laughs> um, but that was what you did when you were a kid, right? And then, and then yeah. you get a palate and you start growing up we were in Germany and I'm like, dude, you know, the beer's a lot cheaper than the bottled water than anything else. And she's like, let me try it. She tried it out and she fell in love. So that's where she kind of learned to love beer. And then when we got back here to, to the States is when she volunteered, man, we were literally just sitting at a brewery on a, on a Saturday. It was just me and her and it was, it was at the old smiling toads. It was like a postage stamp on Bijou Avenue here in Colorado Springs. You you're literally sitting at a table, and then next to you is the brew house. Like it was that small. It's just it as wow. a closet, right? And and so she just started brewing there and, and learning. And so she fell in love with the process. And she's a, a hairstylist and a barber by trade. Mm-hmm. But she was all into color formulation. So for her, that formulation and building recipes and, and building layer mm-hmm. on layer on layer all kind of matched. Uh, so she she fell in love with it and started building her her own recipes. Then I had to buy her a brew kit, so we ended up brewing at the house. Um, so she was while we were doing that, she was also going up to Denver. So the ladies from uh, Lady Justice, uh, all the women that had been part of Pink Boots in Denver, um, she had been driving up to the meetings because they didn't have one here in the Springs, right? Sure. And so she was, she was doing all the, 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 the brews, the, the women uh, brews, and they were doing a Pussy Riot brew. Um, this was right after the, the arrest of the pussy riot folks in, in Russia and all that stuff. And, and then, it, you know, the whole Trump and all the women had their, their mar- the women's march, all that stuff. So Jess went up there to prove this thing. And, and it was 2017. And, and the ladies from Ladies Justice, I guess, got a call about some kind of TV show. I, we had no idea. But Jess got a call and they were like, hey, do you want to enter this contest? She's like, yeah, Colorado boy, I'll, I'll, I'll turn in. I got a couple bottles here. I'll throw them in. So we thought we were going to an actual like a beer like a beer uh, competition right like a homebrew sure. competition so she gets a call on them a, on, a, on a monday and they're like yeah and they start asking her all these personal questions she's like i mean i'm just turning in two <laughs> bottles of beer what's going on right like, <laughs> like and so so they finally go no, no no this is for a tv show and jess was like wait a minute man and they're like yeah we want to film at your house on thursday and she was like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on my house ain't ready i don't i can't brew it's february in colorado springs and and cassie my daughter uh while she was on the phone and seeing that Jess was kind of almost about to say no. she goes, she'll do it and hung up. So these no two, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these two have been, uh, <laughs> brewers together since they started here when well, she started homebrewing here in about 2008. Cause she started 2007 with, uh, with the, the toad and then it just spent a year doing that. And she started homebrewing with my daughter here. Um, and Cassie didn't like, you know, she's underage. She was like, sure. But, uh, Oh my God. She was born in 2000. So like she was eight, eight or nine. um, And she was out here brewing with her mom, but but it was because they had the time to, and they were hanging out together and all that. Sure. So Cassie said, screw it, hit that thing and, and close it off. And said, we're doing this. And so there we were on a TV show the same week. We got the phone call, man. It was That's crazy. So, yeah. So Jess was like, Dude, I don't even know if this beer is good. I haven't tasted it. It's been in the bottle for I don't know how long. You know, like we were like in total, it was a total discombobulated mess. And and then we started trying to brew on a, on a on a February afternoon in Colorado Springs. So the the driveway was full of ice. It was just a nightmare. But it was so cool to see her kind of get acknowledged just for working hard, not necessarily for pay, but because she was trying to do the things she's always wanted to do, right? Sure. So at at the real beer company didn't get named first that diversity is on tap she had in her book from the beginning we've mm-hmm. been you know it's Colorado it's Colorado man so we've gone up and down we did we even did a president's day while I was still in the army uh, uh 50 breweries in, in three days so we went up and down from from here all the way up to on the Greeley side up to Fort Collins and then on the Loveland side coming back down so we kind of did that, that banana belt, if you will of breweries sure and she just totally fell in love with it and and the one thing we noticed was we were the one Pair of brown folks that walked in and then so what was funny was we'd go to the breweries around here and they were like yeah somebody was asking about you guys and they go what do you mean they go yeah the the, the mexican couple the mexican couple and everybody knows who that was right and i'm like <laughs> that's not cool man i mean it's like if nobody was being mean about it it was just like we're the we're the rest of us you know so we just you, wanted to do that and so she wanted to open up a space that that she thought would welcome everybody and that and that was really what we started to do first um So the beer land thing just allowed her to kind of validate for her own personal being, like, holy crap, my beer sells nationally, you know, and it's like, it was a totally different thing. Um, I just had my buddy come down from Hawaii this weekend. And he's like, yeah, dude, I remember chasing that beer around for like three weeks. It was sold out everywhere. And and I finally got (laughs) a six pack of it. We drank it in the parking lot of a CVS. And I was like, are you kidding me, man? He's like, dude, it was what it was.
0: That's amazing.
1: yeah, and I was selling. We were selling her, her beer on the P- at the PX at Fort Carson. Like I was, I just got out of the army. I'm like, dude, I'm selling beer at the PX. This is awesome. So we were really, really excited.
0: And for those who maybe didn't didn't have a chance to watch the show, um, it was hosted by Golden Road founder yeah. Meg Gill, which is kind of what made it, uh, you know, gain a lot of notoriety among the beer world. But also, I know Jess ended up making waves because her tamarind beer to guard. Yeah. Uh, Doña Neta uh, caught Gail's attention, ended up winning the competition, and and I think Gil mentioned it was one of the best homebrews she had ever tasted, is that correct?
1: Yeah, and so, and, and that, dude, listen, I've been saying that for a long time, but my, my opinion doesn't matter, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but but that was what was cool, and and Jess was really excited to just be part of the show, and then they allowed her to brew on their system, which is, 50 barrels it's amazing right so yeah she she went through a couple batches with them and we were like holy crap this is unreal like our her name was on a can in the in the store you know like from a homebrew to that and 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 that's that's to say that she was trying to get brewery jobs it was just tough because everybody was like well you haven't been homebrewing enough and i'm like dude you know it's it's just one of those those things you got to break through right so And it was still young in the industry, man. That's 2017. Like in the Springs, there was probably maybe eight, 10 breweries and now there's 35, right? So like, it was not a big thing out here. So it was a small community. It was hard to bust into and she was trying to make her way in. Um, So then in 2018, uh, Great Storm was was decided they were going to sell. And he had been one of the first five breweries here in the Springs. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had been open for five years. He was going to sell and he asked Jess and we were like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I go, I go, babe, you're, you're Kelly Clarkson now of, of Beerland. You know, I thought it was going to last forever. Right? It, it, I mean, I thought it would. Who knows? You never know when you do this stuff. And and I'm like, dude, you're Kelly Clarkson. You got to You got to do something with that. And so she was like, well, I don't know. And I go, dude, maybe New Belgium's going to come down and snatch you up or whatever. <laughs> but it, it didn't turn out that way. It was like, okay, fine. We're on a TV show. Great. So sure. I was like, okay, well, let's. she said, let's, let's do this. And I was still apprehensive because, you know, it's like, we never opened a business, we don't know how to do that stuff, and she decided to, to jump all in, and she she did it from the start, like everything, from trying to get financing, all that stuff, and we weren't able to, so we had to scrape together all our money and our friends' and family's money to, to buy the place, and when we did, then we got funding. So that was like one of those weird things where like your bank was like, okay, you, you paid for it, now we'll let you pay yourself back, and so that's what we sure. did. Um but, but it, it worked, and now we're free and clear. We're literally, like, one of the few breweries with no debt. It's kind of kind of scary. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's, like, it's one of those things. Like, what do we do? You know, like, how do we do this? And so we, we on 18 January 2018, uh, Jess and I had keys to a brewery that we didn't own. It was, oh, we, we now owned, but was still named Great Storm. And we were like, what do we do? And it was Sunday or Saturday, so we just opened the doors and kept going. And and then on wow. single mile yeah single mile eighteen we decided to, to change it to Atrevida and Atrevida means uh, a bold daring audacious woman mm-hmm. um, and and we left it in the feminine form because my, my wife is the head brewer she's the one that just, I don't know how to make beer um, I've tried and I and I suck at it my daughter and her are the ones doing it so for us Atrevida is what it stands for it's it's a female forward uh, bold daring expedition if you will a journey of them into the craft brew industry.
0: So, yeah, and I know that uh, when you all first started, and I don't know if that, it might still be the case, but you all, the, the brew house is comprised primarily of women brewers, is that correct?
1: It still is. I'm the, I'm right now, I'm the only dude on staff and I'm, I still work a full-time job. So I'm only there on the weekends, in the weekends sure. and the evenings. Even today, my wife and daughter are at work and I'm, I'm here. So I'm at home. So like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not the, the required one. I did, I did one day of serving beer. Uh, she actually put me out she goes dude i need you to do the bar the brew the brew house or the tap room today and i was like fine i'll try you know so i go and i looked at the pos machine and i was like you know what i'm good i just started handing out free beers the whole day it was free beer so (laughs) (laughs) i have failed as a businessman she took you off that yeah took you off that duty immediately (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. so but it's been fun man it's been a lot of fun and and we've been open for five years now so we feel like we're kind of got that, that tempo and she's kind of doing some new things that are, that are going to come out here soon. And we're really, really
0: excited. That's very cool. Very, very impressive. And, and Cassie, I know that uh, she, she's also walking in her mom's footsteps now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She got a scholarship uh, down at San Diego state for the, the uh, diversity and, and brewing. Um, so it was, a, it was a full ride for her master brewing certificate down there and a six months, uh, a six-month co- uh, men- internship paid at Coronado Brewing down in San Diego. So That's we incredible. were like, dude, yeah, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a San Diego State alum, so I was like, also like, doubly, you know, like my daughter is going to follow in my footsteps in some way, you know, not, the, not yeah. the actual craft, you know, but like in that little piece of it. So I was excited about it, and she was actually here on break between her first por- portion of the, the brewing certificate, so she completed that and was supposed to go back for her second one, but while she was up here, is when this thing happened with uh, uh, Club Q. Yeah. Wow. Way to bring it down. Like you uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, I in mean, I... my big red soda for Juneteenth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, before we dive into the Club Q, I gotta, I gotta think that yeah. that, uh, that college entrance essay had to be pretty solid. In, in that she was like, "Hey, I've been brewing since I, I was eight years <laughs> old. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've, I've got a lot of home brewing experience. So." Uh, been, yeah but at that
1: time she'd already been in the brewery, like she had been working at the brewery since she turned uh, uh almost 19 so she so was 18 but she didn't start when we opened yeah. she asked my wife like halfway through the first year and was like hey i think i want to work and she's like well you're going to be a seller seller woman and you're going to sure. clean and that's all you're going to do and she's like well whatever fine and so she decided to do it and so she works front of the house and was doing all the cleaning and stuff and working her way into she didn't get to be a brewer at the brewery until the second year, I believe. And Jess really kind of didn't want to make it easy for her. She wanted her to learn the sure. basics before she got into the, the brew house. And now now they build recipes together all the time. And it's it's interesting because they're we're about to go do something in Raleigh. And Jess is Jess and Cass are on the on the, the video call with them and going, you know, talking about how they're gonna build this recipe out. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Like just to hear them do that. And we we were just sitting at the house in the garage, you know, doing this stuff a few years ago. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of recipes, I know that a lot of the recipes um, are influenced by Mexican culture, correct? Uh, a lot of ingredients. Yeah, all,
1: yep. All cultures. So so Jess has a, a basil leaf beer we did for an Italian uh, restaurant that wanted a kind of an Italian flavor mm-hmm. going on, and we've got Juneteenth um and which is a, a, a take on the red soda so it's it's a cream ale uh with citrus and vanilla and it's it's really the same ingredients in the red soda but it's in a beer right and mm-hmm. we didn't dye it we just didn't want to put that on people with uh, a lot of people have allergies to those dyes so we just left sure. that out but other than that you know she keeps doing everything with a with a sour for like culture right and mm-hmm. she's done uh uh she had a folk, some folks that brought in some tea from uh, a matcha a ma- Matcha tea or mata tea or I can't remember what mm. it's called, but that was from Ecuador and somebody brought in some other tea from from Vietnam and we're like dude let's do that you know so like mm. we just throw in flavors that she can can resonate with and hopefully will resonate with everybody else. It's not about throwing anything in your face. It's about exposing people to different cultures. When the name of the beer go you go what is that maybe what is what is illegal and we're like well that's about our brother he he's the one that helps us he's a lawyer his name's Eddie so it's illegal. And that's how he <laughs> used to sign his emails. And so we, we did that because it's an IPA that he loved, right? And so the, there's sure. something there that resonated for us. And so, so all her stuff has is, is been really kind of driven by culture and that passion of something she wants to do. Um, they did for the five year anniversary a, a series called Hold My Hoops. It was very apropos because after this shooting, you kind of want to, the, the ladies wanted to kind of make a statement and be aggressive. And Hold My <laughs> Hoops is like, hey, I'm about to go into a fight. Hold my hoops, you know, like taking the earrings off. And so every one of our our four women brewers put together two beers on their own and and named them. And it was just a series of beers that were kind of like in your face. And my daughter Mm. did a mescal beer. There was just so many cool things that these girls are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she called it toxic, toxic mescalinity. So it was, it was, (laughs) yeah, like, dude, like all this stuff. There was, there was uh, all kinds of craziness. There was a thorny MFR and like, these girls just didn't care. They were like, "We're yeah. bringing it," and that's what was so cool. And it's what's—it's neat to see in the brew house, and it's also neat to see in ownership that she does her things to kind of really push that forward without necessarily making a subset. It's really like her primary thing is, "What can I do to advance the girls?" The, I can say girls if that's wrong. The women in this in this uh, in this business or our company and move them forward, give them opportunities she never had. She had a fight to get in there, sure. and she has. Tasha, our lead brewer, started out as the bingo girl when we first bought the place. Wow. So, like, yeah. So, like, like nobody gives you an opportunity, but you can do the games. And she's like, "Well, I want to brew." And Jess is like, "Well, then start here." And so she worked her through the the system there. And you know, four years later, she's a, a lead brewer. Um, my daughter, same thing. And, and Taylor, uh, we just hired on uh, last year, was one of our first customers, and she's now a brewer for Jess. And it's just amazing to watch her do this with these women. And develop them into brewers because they're interested, but they don't know how to break in, and she gives them that opportunity.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Now, um, you, you mentioned you kind of alluded to Cassie coming back from holiday uh, from mm-hmm. school, uh, and that's kind of you know where we we kind of n- intersect with this Club Q story. Um, yeah. Back in November, uh, you all attend a drag show at Club Q down in Colorado Springs. Tell me about the events that unfolded that night. Um, and kind of what went through your head when the shooting began? So, I mean,
1: the, the thing is, is we everybody was kind of really coming off of COVID in 2022 was one of those sure. things where everybody was still getting sick. So we hadn't seen our friends in, in about a month. Everybody was going through this COVID rotation. Um, and so it was the first time we'd gotten back together. So it was me and my wife, uh, Chip and Joanne, uh, Raymond and Cassie, and, and we always hang out together. It's the five, that's our family here. Like that's our best friends. We met them at actually at great storm. Uh, like 10 years ago. So it, mm-hmm. it's really kind of cool. And now we own the place and, they, and they're still like, they still come and everything else. And then they're, they're part of our business because we, we love them. And sure. so they were with us and, and we were out that night just to have a great night. And Cassie wanted us to go see why it was his birthday um, and he was performing and, and I had never seen him perform. So Cassie's like, I want us all to go see him perform for his birthday. So we went to Club Q, and and again, we're living our motto. We didn't go there to to get any notoriety or any of that stuff. We went there yeah. to go support a friend. But there wasn't a reason for us not to be there because we look at it as, you know, if we're gonna have a place that encourages dis- uh, diversity and and everybody into the business. We go to places where they're at, you know. So totally, we, we patron patron uh, all those places, and so it wasn't odd for us. It was just another place to go see a friend, and and so we did that. We were having a great time, like the best night of nights, and uh, it just went crazy. You know, I, you know, you don't, you don't ever expect it. And I, I, listen, I'm a soldier, and I've gone through, I've been shot at, I've been blown up, all that stuff. But you never expect it in your home or in your backyard, right? Yeah. So for me, it was a very different experience. Um, when 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 the shooting started, I knew what it was immediately, just because I've heard it before. Sure. It's usually from my weapon, not from somebody else's, because that sounds different. Mm-hmm. Um. But it wasn't also like a continuous. This guy just came in and sprayed us with a, a drum full of ammo. So, in in, in the in a combat, you know, it's controlled bursts. It's pop pop pop. You know, you're looking for a target. You're not just shooting into the like. That's a waste of ammo. Yeah. And this guy just from when he opened the door and just started spraying until he was done. And and that kind of carnage, that kind of chaos, is not something you can react to. Um, so I had gone to the floor, and I had no idea where anybody was. But when I, when I tried to get back up, I fell again into the, the bench. And I saw him across the, the, the club, and he was at the patio door. And so I had, at that point, no, no idea who or what was going on. I just knew that it looked like a dude with armor that I needed to go stop because he's going to kill us yeah. all. So I, I went across and started to, to grab him and, and start fighting. Now, I, unbeknownst to me, Thomas James had already jumped at him. And while he was changing his magazine and was fighting with him. So it was the both of us fighting with him and dragging him to the ground. And then Thomas in that melee with him was shot with the guy's nine mil. So he shot him like point blank with a nine mil and Thomas was still fighting with him. And so we were then on the ground and he, he decided to try and shoot me with the nine mil, didn't go off. And I grabbed the nine mil from him and then started beating him with it. Yeah. Um, and so Thomas was kicking him in the head and I was, I was fighting this guy for, I want to say six minutes. It felt like a long time and, and I, it may have been longer than that. I have no idea, but it went on for quite a while. Um, and, and I used this pistol to, to beat his head in like completely in, yeah. um, but I'm a fat old vet, man. It's hard to, to do six minutes. Yeah, that's two boxing rounds, man. I don't know if anybody yeah. in like, real life can do one boxing round. That's tough stuff. And, and I'm sitting there with adrenaline flowing and I'm yelling to people to call 911, you know, get, get come in here and help us. And finally, Drea, who's a young trans woman, she came in and, and started kicking him too and helping us because Thomas was, was slowing down. He was, he was shot and I didn't know that, but he was slowing down. Sure. So we kept fighting him until the cops came in. And then once they took the, the guy from me, I went over and tried to see where my family was and it was just Chip and Joanne uh, and both were shot. Joanne was shot five times and Chip was shot twice. And so I start you know, telling cops to give me tourniquets and putting tourniquets on them. And I'm telling Joanna to stay with me and stay alive because she was going in and out. She was losing a lot of blood. It was really, really bad. And I'm sitting there looking at her and her husband laying there together shot next to each other. It was really like, how do, how do you make this right? You can't make this right. So Chip was trying to reach for her. She was trying to look to him, but her wound was so nasty. I didn't want her to see her arm. So I didn't let her look at him but I then took her hand and put it in his hands so they could hold hands before they put all these tourniquets on him, Cause Chip went into, I mean, when they put the tourniquet on, he could feel every minute of it. Joanne was in so much shock. She couldn't feel anything. So it was, I mean, I had not seen the person in that much pain in a long, long time. And uh, for me, Chip and, and Joanne are amazing people that make it through that, that night. Um, so yeah. And then I, and then they didn't, that was really, I mean, that's about it. And I, I got arrested for, I don't know if we're being there or something. Um, and then I, I didn't get to see my family for another hour and a half. So I was in the back of a police car screaming while all this was going on, trying to find out if my kids and my wife were alive. So it was a very tough night. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, this community became a, a source of, of joy, a source of light, I think. Um, the the LGBT community in Colorado Springs is one club for 20 years. Not a strip, not a part of the city, not a neighborhood, one club. And so this kind of shined a light that there's more than that here. There's more than just one club's worth of people. Um, and and, and it's, it's nice to see, you know, icons and Burleby and all these other places starting to come up that are, that are LGBTQ friendly. Mm-hmm. But this is really not, there's not a place in Colorado Springs where that community thrives. And you can see it in Denver, you can see it in San, I mean, I'm from San Diego, so Hillcrest and North Park, like. That is, it is the gayest of all communities, and they are killing it out there. Like money wise, they're killing it. So it's a it's a really cool thing to see. But if you're not exposed to it, you never know, right? And <laughs> so for the Springs, I think it was really nice for folks to kind of come together, regardless of what their opinions are on how people live their lives. But because we were attacked, it's like a terrorist man. Like I and I, it was funny because I was listening to the 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 church, the synagogue uh, that had the shooting. And the, and the lady was talking on the TV and she said, you know, we'll never forget 1027. And so my life is shaped by 9-11 in 2001. Sure. And the shooting was on 11 22 Oh, wow. So my second 9-11. And I'm like, holy crap. And I never really thought of that until that lady said it that way. Um, but for me, those are the two turning points of our family's life. Now, whether it turns out good or not, I don't know. Um, it's hard. Every day is very, very hard. We all have our own you know, challenges with, with this kind of trauma, um, you know, I mean, I go to a movie now, we went to go see Guardians of the and my and my kid and, and my wife are plugging the ears, you know, and, and that's not something normal, um, yeah. and, you know, you're in the brew house, and something loud falls, and, and everybody kind of panics, and it's like, man, this is this is changing things, so it's one of those things where I hope that we can all work through it, but it's a forever change, man, it's a forever change, and I, I think the community understands it, but it's hard to really kind of understand folks when they're six months in and we're still like, yeah, this feels like yesterday, you know, and, and it's, it's all still renewed by court dates and like Monday we have a court date with this guy. So it's just one of those things that you never know, you know, you just don't know how you're going to get through it.
0: Talk a little bit about you you, you alluded to the community coming together and you know, I I don't want to stereotype here, but I think it is pretty accurate to say that, you know, Colorado Springs is typically a more conservative uh, community historically. Yeah. Um, through the aftermath of that, how were you able to see the community come in together to support not yeah. only the survivors, but also just like the support Colorado Springs as a whole? I want, I want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it was a beautiful thing because there was, listen, when we reopened that first day, I don't know how many, it was amazing to show up, And there were people in there that never met a a gay person, probably never seen a trans person in their life. Mm. And we were all in the same room. We were all shaking each other's hands. We're all just grateful to be alive. And and we're all just trying to enjoy a beer. Um, That to me was was the Springs. And it supersedes that conservatism or or everybody's opinions and all that stuff. The Springs is a small community. So it kind of once you try to hurt one of us, you're hurting all of us. Right. And so that that I think went above and beyond anybody's political or religious beliefs and all that stuff. um so so that was a great thing and then pride this week this past weekend I was the grand marshal of pride it was it was beautiful because the community that's being you know marginalized and pushed down is welcoming a straight guy to be their their grand marshal you kidding me that's awesome right so for me it was like this is so beautiful and then we had like fifteen thousand people show up and for for pride in colorado springs that's unheard of so we were just so happy that the community was like we don't care we're gonna we're gonna show our support for you guys and then tomorrow if we don't like you we don't like it. that's fine you know you know what i'm saying like we don't have to you know, but if for today you're gonna smile and be happy that's all we want you know and and i think that's what i think is beautiful about this community the brewers across the the, the area well, we ran out of beer like the first three days we were open like straight up and then i have no brewers because jess and cass were uh both healing from cassie broke her knee and and Jess broke her ribs so they were out until at least after the holidays. And so the oh only brewer at that point we had was Tasha. So there was one brewer and all the beer was gone. And we have, you know, like, how are we gonna brew all this stuff? So, and Tasha was at that time still working full-time jobs. So she's like trying to do all this stuff. And it was just a nightmare for us to just get beer back in the place. And all the breweries in town, they started donating kegs. They're like, here, here's a keg, just start selling it, you know, so you guys can stay open. So for about three weeks, we had local breweries on just so that we wow. could keep our doors open, and that was it was beautiful. It was, and, and I think Jess paid most of them uh, uh, for their beer, and some of them said no, I don't want it. But I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. You know, we could have been closed for three weeks just trying to make beer, and and the local breweries, and that and that's what I'm saying. It resonates beyond small communities. It's the Springs is a is a is a collective, and and always will be. Yeah. It's just that there's there's sections in it that do weird things, regardless whether whether it's good or bad. Sure. Uh, but that's in any that's in any community. So for, for us, it was just beautiful to see folks come out. I, dude, I go to Costco and people are, are like being, you know, thank you. And this. And I'm like, dude, no, thank you for saying hello. Like, I, I just I think it's so cool that now people are are saying hello to each other when they they just don't know you, you know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's that's like that old school feel of, you know, your whole neighborhood knows each other. But that also gives you a sense of safety. It also gives people that maybe feel like they're they're left out or marginalized a sense of belonging. When yeah. a random person says hello, you know, that that could have been something that kept this guy from doing something stupid that night, you know? Sure. You just don't know. And so that that's kind of where I, I, I've been trying to take this is just for people just to be nice to each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's interesting to hear about how the community comes together. Did you feel like the the craft beer community as a whole nationally kind of helped? Because it, it that that from the outside it seemed like you know, I, I saw a lot of people buying merch and gift cards and <laughs> and whatnot to try to support. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: That was unreal, and it still is unreal. We and we, sure. we shut it down. I think I think she shut it down, and, and at some point at the beginning of the year, we we didn't we in no way thought that this was gonna bring us any kind of, you know, like merchandise sale, anything, right? Sure. And it, it just went un, unbelievably uh, uh, globally, and we're a little brewery of six people in Colorado Springs, you know. Yeah. So I have no idea how to mail shit to to. I'm sorry for the language, but in New Zealand or or uh, you know, Sweden <laughs> and all these weird places, the UK. But they were resonating with the shootings, mm. you know. And when you yeah. think about it, all the places that were ordering were places that had their own mass shootings, their own church, synagogue shootings, their own their own hate crimes, their own terrorist activities. And that's when it's it's almost sad to think like everybody's bonded by the same heinous acts, you know. And and that's not cool. But at the same time, it was it kind of didn't make us feel alone right you know sure. and, and it was kind of it, one of those things so yeah we still we're still trying to deal with the the the, the t-shirt thing because we're 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 people hate us every day online and they and they tell us they tell us so on the phone at, at work and and they, they like it's a nightmare but we're not trying to steal anybody's money we never expected this and i don't make t-shirts right so yeah we're, we're like we had to start and it was the holidays so we barely started getting contracts put together and then you know how it goes somebody falls out or somebody says i'm missing this i'm missing that and so it became a drag down experience trying to figure out how to get these contracts and hopefully here soon we're done with that and and these shirts start going out but they will go out and and if people are patient with me and and 90 percent of these people have been patient they're like you know take your time i don't even care if you ever send me a shirt but we're trying to send we're we're extremely proud that people want to display our our, you know our brewery on on their shirts and and that's why they were so cheap. I didn't sell. They were ten dollars T-shirts, man. It's it's yeah. like unreal. But I was like, I told Jessica, we don't want to charge to make money off the merch. We want to charge so that people will wear it, and then they'll come in and have a beer. So that's that's where we were at in that point of merchandise. And now it's like holy crap. So it, it's 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 a it's a, a business it's, it's a business uh, uh, lesson, I guess, if you will. But you can't plan for that. You can yeah. plan for you know uh, power outage or you can't, I mean, you can't plan for a pandemic and we had to go through that too. <laughs> and, sure. so like, like it's one of those things that you just can't plan for, but you, you, we had the the wherewithal to start posting immediately. And we, we were like less than a week out and we had posted, you know, how we appreciate everybody's purchases, but there's no way we we sold out of the t-shirts we had at the brewery 15 minutes after we opened. Like, yeah. and, and we only had like 15, 20 shirts in the back. It wasn't like I was stockpiling all these t-shirts. So, and I couldn't, do anything with local folks because it was too big. Like, I, they sure. physically can't put that many T-shirts in a, in a room. So it's, it's a, it was an interesting event. And, and so we'll get there, and, and we're trying really hard. And, and I know people are, are you know, it's, it's their hard-earned money, and I understand that. And, and I, I'm the same way, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a middle-class guy. I did I work for the government. I'm not doing anything special. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a soldier. I know how it is. But at the end of the day, we're, we're going to get the, get the merchandise out to them.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's it's unfortunate that you're you're dealing with people who, you know, their original intent was to help the brewery and it seems yeah, like it's yeah. causing more of a hindrance now. But
1: uh, it, it is what it is. But but what was cool is we went to when we went to CBC, um, there was a few of the breweries from Nashville that sent us stuff out. So we went to their breweries to thank them. So it was really cool to kind of connect that's with so rad. that had reached out. Yeah. So it it's been one of those things where like, oh, that we've I remember they sent us a card, you know, and, and I, I personally, anybody who sent us a card or a, a note that had an address, I, I went and wrote them back uh, by hand a thank you note and sent them. Like businesses, I would just send them to the business. Like, here's your note. I, I'm just thankful that you took the time to even express your thoughts. Because, sure. you know, to me, that's personal. And, and none of that was negative. It's the social media that becomes like easy for people to hide behind. But when you sit down and write a letter to me, that's beautiful. Like that's that's an amazing thing. That's a that's a connection to me.
0: Totally. Uh, I want to welcome Bryant Vanderweerd onto the show. Our our show's producer. I know Bryant uh, had to join us a little bit late, but Brian, feel free to chime in if you've got anything along the way. Sure.
1: No, I I mean I I, I saw you at CBC, Rich, and um, hey. <laughs> I was the guy the guy with the big old camera. hung around. Yeah. My- my shoulders there and um yeah no super super excited to, to have you guys on albeit for kind of a
0: bittersweet um reason you know but it, it's super yeah. cool to-
1: no but with the vibe i mean you saw it the vibe that 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 energy that it brought with folks you know that kind of like man shit this happened in a- I, I, to me it felt like the crafter community felt like it happened to them too you know sure. like dude we we were in a mass shooting like what the hell you know this is bullshit so and I'm sorry, again, for the language, but I- it, Oh, it, no, you're confident. fine. But- but we'll just that's an explicit tag on it. We're all- Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I dude, do listen, I, I, I've, been, I've been accused of much worse. But the, those are the things that at CBC, like people just saying hello, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Uh, ABC or, or ABS commercial. ABCS commercial or AB, AB, ABS commercial? Yeah. ABS. Mm-hmm. ABS. Um, the owner, like one of her sales folks, they ran out. I think it was just after I talked to this young man on the on the camera. And they they pulled me over. They're like, hey, dude, we just wanted to say thanks and blah blah. And we're like, dude, if we could only dream of having a system like what you guys do, right? Like, I go, we're on a ten barrel wine fermenter thing, you know, and then we're and there's no <laughs> buttons on her system. Everything she does is like by hand. There's the 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 sparging is us with a paddle and fucking water squirting over. So, it's it is crazy. And then they were like, so that's so that's we're we're going back out to Raleigh to brew with Raleigh Brewing Company as part of ABS Commercial. And they're gonna they're gonna quote us for a new system, and Jess is gonna look at it, trying to get herself upgraded to something with buttons, where it's not ten people trying to do a ten barrel brew, it's one person doing the ten barrel brew, like like all these yeah. other fancy places that, that have brewery systems. So, we're we're excited to see where this goes. But those are the things that from us that that came out of CBC that were just beyond anything we could have ever ask for. Just people resonating with with us as a family and as, us as. It's human beings and, 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 I, and I'm, I'm grateful that, that this industry was, was that thoughtful of, of who we are and what we experience.
0: And, and on that note, I wanna give you a big shout out um, and a congratulations because um, you all were named uh, Brewers Association, you, you all were honored with the Brewers Association recognition award at the Craft Brewers Conference. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about you know, what that means to you all and, and kind of how that's in, impacted the brewery uh, moving forward.
1: Well, I mean, for 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 Jess, that's I mean, that's that's it, right? That's her medal of honor, you know. Sure. Like that's that's a brewer, the Brewers Association award is it. Um, and and it was it was a beautiful thing, and we were we were, we accepted the award, and and I was just looking at her like, man, she went from, hey, I think I like beer now, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> like, and that's it that's in 2006, right? So, sure. ten years later, she's winning a TV show. And then 10 years later, she's getting a, a, a national recognition, you know, and it's like, I, I'm i blown away by what she's done. I think it really truly resonates what she was doing before this shooting. Because when people looked at the beer company after the shooting, and they went, where's this brewery? And they saw what we were doing already. I think that's what resonated with folks like, holy crap, they've already been doing, you know, the, the pride parades and the all the, the, the Juneteenth and the celebrations of, you know, the Dia de los Muertos, we're just out there trying to make folks feel at home. Um, and that's, that's what we're about. And Jess really made that a, a pillar of her business. She does the, the, the leadership she exudes, right? I thought I was a leader, I'm an officer in the army. I'm like, yeah, I lead, I do this. And, and I think I'm okay at it. But my wife, we opened a brewery after this shooting of the, so she has six employees. And she's only had six this whole time, the five years. And I think she's only lost four four employees, but they moved on to different mm-hmm. things. Not necessarily nobody, she's only had a fire, I think one or two. And, and and it was because they were doing stupid things, but that's a small group for five years. So she has sure. less than probably less than 14 folks that she's gone through in that in that business. And when we reopened, five of the, the previous employees showed up, put their stuff in the bag, and started working with their husbands, with their wives. Wow unreal and we were like dude what are you guys doing here they're like no we're helping you and and it was she had built what every business wants which is loyalty from their, their employees a family within a family and 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 i know it's a dangerous word for businesses but from jess that was she legitimately lives that and 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 that's how we live as a family so we embrace everybody we like you know their christmases their birthdays we celebrate everything because to us, that's our other family. It's part of our extended family, if you will. And, and so that to me, that leadership, that moment when they showed back up, these are people not getting paid. They just showed up to work and yeah. help her, you know? Like that's an amazing thing. And especially in this industry, that's tough to find. And, and, and I think it's really cool um, that she's doing those things and to be recognized for that um, to me and what she's, she's building as a business, as a brand is really, really cool.
0: That's incredible. That's super cool to hear. Um, tell us what's next for Atravita. Um, what how can folks how can folks help? the uh, you know, Stop I know ordering
1: that- don't order any more shirts. <laughs> <You> can. <laughs> I mean, we can't. We took it down until we can get these things set up. Like I, hopefully it's soon. But I, every time I promise something, the 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 contract goes, Oh, well, we need to do this or you guys need to send us that. So yeah. it's just it's a nightmare. But once that's done, you know, that'll be fine. But but come down and visit us in the brewery. You know yeah. we're we're still not at a point where we can distribute. We're just trying to keep up with our 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 local uh, tap room uh, business there. So sure. for her, the things that are coming up is when when ABS offered to have us come out and, and check out you know the systems and, and get ourselves put into something that's more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna that's gonna start kicking out her her back of the house sales and distribution stuff like that. Um, we haven't been can we can but but off the crowler stuff. And She sure. literally did an order of 400 cans on Sunday, and I'm sitting there like, dude, she filled this back of this pickup truck, and I'm like, this is not a, like this is like any other business. Oh, it's fine. Who cares? They got cases. They run it through the machine. They're done. This was every, everybody's punching the can. <laughs> we putting a sticker on. Like it, it's that's 400 cans. These these ladies were busting their ass to get this done. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's what we're trying to do. Right. And so sure. hopefully that stuff all picks up, Jess has some really, really exciting things coming out. Hopefully those things will be announced soon. Um, and we're really excited about, but I can't go into that, but there sure. will be some things that are, are really kind of really positive and, and, and good expansion for the company and the brand and what she's doing. So it's going to be a lot of fun here shortly.
0: Well, congratulations on you well, know, some you. exciting news moving forward. And, and thank you again for you know, sharing your whole story. This was an incredibly powerful you know podcast to to be a part of. and um you know, we thank you for, you know, helping to to stop even further, you know carnage that night and and also, uh, you know, big thanks to Jess for all that she's doing to build community. and yeah. you know I think the the thing that you said, we're just out here trying to make people feel at home. I think that's something that's super, super impactful to the craft beer industry and speaks a lot to, your all's approach towards you know creating this community uh that well, already exists i,
1: I mentioned that at, when we were at cbc in one of the conferences i'm like dude that's what craft beer is right it's about sure. five people standing around a a, a boil kettle talking trash and, and drinking beers and to join each other and we've drifted away from that. craft beer has turned into this thing where everybody's about their numbers and how can i make more money how can i make more money and i think we're losing that community that that we built i mean that it was all about, I, I remember going to Jay Wells Brewery. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was up there in, uh, it, up by, by uh, uh, New Belgium, and not that, and that New Belgium, uh, by left hand. And he's in the mm-hmm. back of this commercial area and he had five drums like he had fashioned out of oil, ca- oil drums or something. And he's brewing and this dude is killing it with, with lawn chairs and just tons of people like, sitting out there relaxing, enjoying. There's no food trucks, there's nothing, it was just his beer and a bunch of folding chairs. And I'm like, yeah. dude, this is amazing, right? Yeah. And that's what craft beer is about. Trying to find the place in the back hole and uh, some you know, weird industrial park. Um, that's, what that, that's what the business was about. And I, and I think we're, we got to get back there to start bringing folks back to it. Because when you lose that community, that, that craft beer culture, and you start becoming part of the, everybody's trying to become the big guy and, and it's all about sales and, and back of the house. And all of a sudden the folks out front feel like, yeah, this might as well be, you know, some chain restaurant, I want to, I want to sure. hang out with the brewer. I want to talk to folks that know beer. And, and I think that's, that's what makes it unique and special. So I think we'll get there. We're going to drift back. We're just going to drift back. That's all we got to do. <laughs> totally. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Porchcast. Um, we really enjoyed speaking with you guys and hopefully we can get Jess and Cassie on sometime time to, to catch up with them a little bit more, but um, Absolutely. yeah, I want to, I want to say a big thank you once again to Rich Fiero. Uh, of Atravita Beer Company. Um, this has been episode 106 of the PorchCast. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to follow us on all of your listening devices, Apple, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you know, we, we, we love a follow. And then also uh, be sure to check out our friends at ONTAP Credit Union and the payroll department uh, to serve all of your brewery needs uh, from you a know, financial partner or helping with HR solutions. Both of those can really help to take take your brewery to the next level. Uh, Once again, this is The Porchcast and we'll catch you next time. Check you later.